Okay. Well, the recording has started, and we are starting Tarek Zion, the Tarek devoted to Klipas Noiga. As we said yesterday, for those people that remember to listen much to Shabbos, probably the most challenging night, we don't say much about Klipas Timaeus. The Alta Rebbe is writing to Yidin that are believers. It's forbidden. It's forbidden. What has a lot to talk about, what there's a lot of ink on, is Klipas Noiga. As we're going to discuss tonight, that's really the area of our challenge. So what is comprising those items that receive their highest? Sorry, that was a pot. That receive their highest from Klipas Noiga. First, most importantly, most significantly, you, the animal soul and the body of a Jew. Fundamental difference. Yesterday we said the animal soul and body of a non-Jew is Klipas Timaeus. The animal soul and body of a Jew is Klipas Noiga. Obviously your neshama is Kedusha. But even on the level of the physical of the animal is Klipas Noiga. In the world, everything basically permissible. All kosher, animal kind, vegetation, inanimate, a very, very broad category. There are far more things in the world that receive their highest from Klipas Noiga than, conversely, receive their highest from Klipas Timaeus. And, of course, the most narrow category would be items that receive their highest from Kedusha. So it's a very broad category. Everything in this beautiful world of ours that's permissible, that Hashem didn't say no, or the rabbis didn't say no, because if the rabbanim took something permissible and they forbade it, they answered it, well, now that thing receives its highest from Klipas Timaeus. So if it was originally permissible to move a pen on Shabbos or a quill, and then the Rabbanim said it's forbidden, Gedder of Muksa. So now if someone picked up that pen and moved it, they are engaging in chayis of Klipas Timaeus. The Rabbanim lowered it to Klipas Timaeus, thinking if it's permissible, you have a great challenge to utilize this for Hashem. We see you're getting weaker. We see you can't do it. We'd rather make it completely forbidden, and then you won't mess yourself up with it, which is what they thought was happening. So we have a very, very broad category. Majority of our world is Klipas Naiga. Then we have a very narrow category, which is all thoughts, speech, and action that receive their highest from Klipas Naiga. That is a very narrow category. Why is that such a narrow category? Well, the Rebbe explains. For something to receive, for a thing to receive its highest from Klipas Naiga, for an item of the world to receive its highest from Klipas Naiga, it basically means it's not innately godly and it's not forbidden. Look around your kitchen, look around your living room, look around the world. But for a thought, speech, or action to be receiving its highest from Klipas Naiga, it's very narrow because obviously it can't be forbidden or even a taiva. That's already Klipas Timaeus. And it can't be a mitzvah. It can't even be L'Shem Shemayim, because that's Kedusha. So what's left? What's left is a pure, as we would say, need of the body. Not forbidden, not a taiva, not a mitzvah, not L'Shem Shemayim. Just a bodily act. That's something that you could think, speak, or do. This Klipas Naiga. So that's very rare. Because most of what we do hopefully falls under Teremitzvah L'Shem Shemayim, or Chaz V'Shalom might go under the other end, uh, forbidden or, or, or doing L'Shem Taiva. 
But to do something purely need is a very narrow category, and those are our items of self, of our thought, speech, and deed that are from Klepas Nika. Now, just as we learned in Chapter 4, that whenever the neshama is dressed in her garment, she's elevated, and we spoke at length about that then, and that's a beautiful advantage to being dressed in garments that are even holier than you are. So conversely, the same thing happens with the animal soul, which means whenever the animal soul is dressed in her garments, she gets lowered, her evil gets strengthened. So normally those garments are klipas tmeas. If you're doing an avera, hasvashalam, the animal soul is in control, she's dressed, she's lowered, she's very deep klipas tmeas. If someone's doing something permissible, but for taiva, it's also a, a lowering. It's also going down to Klippus Timaeus. Now we're saying even if someone does something for need, there's literally no taiva here. You are brushing your teeth. You're not doing it for taiva. It's a need. Hy- hygiene. Well, if Hashem is not involved in your life to the degree that truly your brushing your teeth has to do with serving Him, you don't have a taiva here, but it's not a godly experience. So what's controlling you at this moment? Your godly soul or your animal soul? Your animal soul. Well, if your animal soul is controlled, that means she's in control. That means she's dressed. True. Well, if she's dressed, that means she's being lowered. True. So we see here that the animal soul, in the purest, you know, best expression of her, just need, is still experiencing a descent. She's still expressed, dressed, Lowered, her evil is strengthened because she's dressed in her garments, which are lowering her. Now, this idea of Klippasnoiga then, and this is the idea here, is is truly, and we spend a lot of ink and tanya on this concept, is truly the area of our challenge. Because again, the assumption is, hopefully, if something you know is forbidden and you're spaced in, you're not going to do it. I mean, you're not looking to be over and over. You're not looking to go against Hashem. So it's a much more subtle thing then to know something is permissible and then do it l'shem shamayim. Do it for the avishter. Meaning, if you are, if you ate your supper tonight already, hopefully you did, unless you're living in California, maybe. So when you're eating your supper tonight, I mean, we assume it's kosher, we assume it's not stolen, we assume you weren't flaking if it was milkshakes or conversely, we assume you made brachas before and after. You might even have been sitting when you ate and chewed and swallowed without talking, you know, all of my list. But the question is, was Hashem involved as part of the reason why you're eating? If yes, that entire experience went up to Shemaim as Kedusha. If no, then the entire experience went down to Klippa. The, the, the most subtle going down. It's truly still Klippa Smeiga here. There's nothing wrong going on. You're not even eating at the same taiva. It's with surely Shabbos leftovers. But still, it's going down because your Nefesh HaBahami is being lowered, strengthened in its evil by the experience. So the food's not a problem. The food didn't descend. You didn't do anything wrong with the food. 
but merely, so to speak, because the eating was an animal soul experience, that means then that your animal soul's negative energies were strengthened because they were expressed. And this, therefore, is the area of our true energies of challenge. And the Rebbe wants to, and now gives us two examples, to show us how truly everything permissible, even things that would not seem at all in your realm of godly, can become so godly. So there gives two examples of very rich meats and wines, because that seems like indulgence, and of jokes, because that seems the lightness, you know, nothing very godly here. But he says, no, the, the meats and wines are kosher. It's klipas naiga. It could go up to shemayim. The jokes are kosher. It's klipas naiga. It can go up to kedusha. How? Well, if you eat the meat and wine for Shabbos and Yantiv, it becomes a spiritual experience. If you're eating the meat and wine to have energy, to, to open up your mind, to be able to think and compute and serve Hashem, to learn His Torah, the Rebbe says this meat and wine is considered not like a carbon, but like a carbon oila, oila, the holiest of all carbonos, completely for Hashem, completely consumed on the altar. So this meat and wine that you're eating for Shabbos, that you're eating for Yantif, that you're eating to broaden your mind and learn Torah, is now on the level of a carbon oil. Look how high Klippas Noga goes when you're moving it to Kedusha. And the same thing with a joke. Why are you saying a joke? You're saying a joke because it's an Indian to be besimcha. You're saying a joke because it's an Indian to make other people besimcha. You're saying a joke because people are about to learn Tyra, and if they're too tense and stressed, they can't learn properly, their minds aren't open and relaxed. So these jokes, these light words, are all Kedusha. Which shows us, the Rebbe is giving these two examples, which shows us how truly everything in our world, if it's permissible, and you have Hashem as part of your life, as the centrifugal force of your life, everything in your world can really move from Klippas Nega to Kedusha, which is, of course, the point, and which later in chapter 37 of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe speaks of as his main strategy in bringing Mashiach. Take all this Klippas Noga in our world. Use it to serve Hashem. Klippas Noga becomes Kedusha. We create a world of Mashiach. That is today's Tanya. If anyone has any questions or comments, please unmute yourself, star six. Thanks again, Mrs. Turin. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I especially liked what you said about the Shabbos leftovers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had my son home from yeshiva, so he said with a smile as he walked in Sunday night, so what's for leftovers tonight? <laughs> I assume it's not only in my house. Anyway, thank you so much. We shall take it to heart, learn, and be better because of this. Psych, isn't it? Okay, take care.